Hello, hello, and welcome to the 104th episode of the Mostly Soccer Podcast. Today is February 26th at 6.45 p.m. sharp. My name is Michael J. Dalo, and I am here with Jimmy. Oh, I am actually not here with Jimmy today and uh, will not be joined by a guest until later in the show because Jimmy is out sick. Jimmy has the sniffles today. He has a cough, and he can't make it to do the podcast, unfortunately. He said he would take a coughing fit on air, and we would not be able to record. Uh, so after pushing back this week's pod, Jimmy ultimately flakes. So I will name him Jimmy Flakes today in, uh, in honor of his absence. So get well soon to Jimmy. But today, I'm podcasting alone. It's a weird experience. I sit here alone in, uh, in my new home, actually. I moved this week, for anyone who was, who was uh, wondering. Uh, congrats to me. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, and it's an awkward experience to podcast alone. It feels like you're sitting in a room alone talking to yourself, which I am doing. And I think you have to be a certain level of psychopath to do this. So uh, I think I've hit that level today. So thank you all for listening to me ramble alone. Uh, and I hope that you can enjoy this like you enjoy Jimmy and I talking. If you enjoy that at all, you have to also be a certain level of psychopath. So uh, I'm going to talk about the Premier League, and then later on I'm going to be joined by a friend, Matt Kaufman, to talk about the Champions League. Uh, he is a City fan, just like Jimmy, so I can't escape that. I am surrounded by City fans. And uh, yeah, I, I hope to have a good discussion with myself here about the, <laughs> the weekend matches of the Premier League. Look at that, I'm already making myself laugh. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to get right into it because I have no bullshit to talk about with anyone. So, let's start off with the big one. Let's start off with Chelsea 2, Spurs 1. At Stamford Bridge, Chelsea finally get a win. A goal from the man, the myth, the legend, Olivier Giroud in the 15th, followed by a Marcus Alonso goal in the 48th. That man only loves to score against Tottenham Hotspur. Shout out to Marcus Alonso. Uh, And then in the 89th, we had an own goal from Antonio Rudiger. So, Tottenham do get on the board uh, through an OG. But the main thing that I took from this game, and no one's going to tell me otherwise because I'm alone and I can do whatever I want, uh, is that, one, Olivier Giroud is the best striker on Chelsea, bar Tammy Abraham being healthy. We all know how great Tammy Abraham is when healthy, and uh, we all know how terrible Michi Batshuayi is. Frank Lampard, I respect you as a coach. I respect you as a man. I do not respect you starting Michi Batshuayi anymore. It can't be done. He's not up to snuff, and it needs to be stopped. Next, I want to talk about Tottenham. Tottenham are ravaged by injury. Uh, the players seem to be, seem to be, I don't want to say unhappy under Jose Mourinho because there hasn't really been any hint of that. But Jose Mourinho is starting to seemingly irk players like Deli Ali, who, who just kind of. He had that bump when Jose came in and then didn't start this game, was subbed on late, and just really hasn't been in the form that he has been in since Jose joined. And I believe Jose even gave him a little bit of stick after the game at the press conference. So, uh, you know, Jose doing the thing he does best, tear down his players and uh, hope that they get back to form. But Tottenham and Chelsea, I mean, this is a big game for the top four battle. And this one put 
Chelsea at 44 points, three points above fifth place United, who also could potentially be in a Champions League spot, bar the Manchester City ruling being overturned. And it puts Spurs at 40 points. So, um, you know, Spurs dropped to kind of that mid-table level where everyone in the world has a chance. But most importantly, it puts Spurs in pole position for the day of all days. The only day that an Arsenal fan can relish these days. St. Totteringham's Day. It's going to happen this year. I'm sure of it. I'm excited about it. And uh, I think that's where we can go next. I think I'm going to gloss over a lot of these games just because it's me and I don't have much to say. Uh, Jimmy is usually the rambling man. But let's move over to Arsenal 3, Everton 2. One of the most fun games of the season. I loved watching this one. After the first minute, that is. We had a first minute bicycle kick goal from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Kind of an odd one. Uh, Blown coverage, maybe, in the Arsenal box. And uh, kind of a scramble. David Luiz, no one wanted to touch it. Mustafi kind of all squeamish about going to that ball. Dominic Calvert-Lewin busts out a karate kick. Puts it in the back of the net past old Burn Leno. Terrible start to the game for Arsenal. But Everton, poor Everton. You scored too early. And you truly Evertoned yourself. In the 27th minute, uh, we had a goal from Eddie Nketiah. The GOAT. The young GOAT. No, not Eddie. Saka with the assist. Saka comes on around the 18th, 20th minute for an injured Siad Kalasinak who left with what looks like a shoulder injury, which is probably going to be long-term, so not great news there. But as soon as Saka comes on, he gets in that left-back position. He seriously changes the whole game. For an 18-year-old to be changing games, this is a special player, and it's happening week in and week out. Saka comes in with his high energy, uh, whips in a ball to Eddie, puts it away for his first Premier League goal for the club, and from there would only get better for Arsenal fans. We had a masterpiece, a dime piece, on a silver platter sent by none other than David Luiz to Aubameyang, who made a darting run down the left wing, put Sidibe on skates, finishes coolly and calmly. Aubameyang puts us ahead in the 33rd. Arsenal come back from a 1-0 deficit from the first minute. And from there, uh, going into halftime, Everton get a late corner in about the 45th plus 3 or 4. Richarlson puts away one of just a gross, scrappy goal. Everton fans, I love you. I love your club. But the two goals scored, regardless of how Calvert-Lewin scored the first one in that ridiculous fashion, they were junk. They were garbage. They were disgusting. Anyways, 2-2 at halftime. Still feeling pretty good about Arsenal this game. They come out. They score instantly. A bombing, uh, a cross in from Pepe, a man reborn. I think Hector Bellerin in the right-back position helps Pepe so much. Uh, Pepe whips in a cross. Aubameyang gets up, and he puts it away. And from there, uh, kind of a nervy game from Arsenal after that point. There were chances for both teams to put it away. Eddie hit the post uh, later in the game. And from there, I know Everton had a few chances late on. Burn Leno made an incredible save on Dominic Calvert-Lewin from basically inside the net. And uh, Arsenal go on to win. But big takeaways from this game is that the team is finally scoring. Uh, Actually, both Arsenal and Everton are finally scoring, which is good news for both clubs. But I want to focus on Arsenal. So since Arteta's arrived, we've had kind of a slow start. We've focused on the defense being shored up, and that has happened uh, for sure. This game wasn't a shining example of that. But 
you know, at the beginning of the season, we all knew that Arsenal's defense wasn't going to be the best. And, you know, that still remains true. There was nothing Arteta could truly do with the players that he has now. Uh, and what he's done with them has been great work. So we're going to give up goals. But Arsenal haven't done well to score goals. Uh, in these past two weeks, Newcastle 4-0, Olympiacos 1-0, and now 3-2 to Everton. I mean, these are encouraging signs. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and say that these kinds of performances are going to be what brings Arsenal up to top four contention uh, this season. But with the table being so compact as it is now, I honestly see that as a possibility. I know I'm delusional. I'm doing a podcast alone, for God's sakes. I'm, of course, delusional and a psychopath. But I do believe Arsenal may be able to get into that top four or five contention. I think if top five is up for grabs, if it truly stays, that fifth place will be a Champions League spot. I think Arsenal might be the best team in there, aside from Wolves. I think Wolves might have the most talent out of this bunch of United, Tottenham, Arsenal, and the teams in between. But I think Arsenal, you know, they're hitting a hot run of form right when they need to, even if we aren't able to make it through the Premier League to the Champions League. I think the Europa League is a very, very good option for us, and I think it's one that's achievable. So from there, I don't want to talk too much about Arsenal today because uh, I do want to preview the Olympiacos game a little bit towards the end of this show because everyone loves the Europa League. I know that. You know that. I just want to go through the games quickly so we don't miss anything. We had Crystal Palace beat Newcastle 1-0. We had a Patrick Van Arnold goal on the 44th. That man has been on Twitter a lot lately. No, Instagram a lot lately. I see him chirping people. And then we had a red card for Valentino Lazario, the man who... Saka ended his life last week. He got a red card. Too disgraced to even continue playing. Newcastle having a bad run of form now. Um, not really concerned for relegation for them. I know they're only... Well, I mean, it's pretty far gap at this point. Seven points out of relegation. But none of those bottom teams really seem to be moving in the right direction. West Ham. West Ham are scary. Uh, and then we had Burnley 3, Bournemouth nil. This was a tough, tough loss for Bournemouth, who really need to start winning. We had another goal from Vidra, who I couldn't pronounce last week. Jimmy did that shout-out. Jay Rodriguez in the 61st and Dwight McNeil in the 87th. Pretty sure this game was laced with some VAR controversy. Didn't get to catch that one, though. And then, the shocker of the week for me, Sheffield United won, Brighton won. We had Brighton go to Bramall Lane. And come out with a 1-1 draw. That doesn't happen much for teams. But you know what? Glenn Murray played this game. That's the only explanation for such an inspired performance from a Brighton team. We had a goal in the 26th from Enda Stevens for Sheffield. And then one in the 30th for Brighton through Maupi. So we go over to Southampton 2-0 over Aston Villa. We had a Shane Long goal in the 8th. Ooh, bad sign for Villa. You let Shane Long score on you. An automatic bid for relegation. And then we had a Stuart Armstrong goal in the 90th plus 5. And then in this next game, we had a classic bet the over game. Turns out the under. Leicester City nil, Manchester City won. In the battle for second place, Gabriel Jesus slots one home in the 80th minute to put Leicester City away. Jimmy Vardy feels like he hasn't scored in a millennium. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is winning the golden boot. You heard it here first, folks. Then we had Wolves 3, Norwich nil. Norwich no, Norwich no. I said it last week, I love Diego Jota, and what does he do? He scores two goals in the 19th and in the 30th, 
And then the world-class Raul Jimenez scores in the 50th. And if anyone wants to chirp me about Raul Jimenez being world-class, please do, because I will put you in a blender. Man U versus Watford. Man U 3, Watford 0. Man U on a good run of form. Imagine that. We don't even have to laugh at United this week, unfortunately. Watford continue uh, to slide a little bit from their manager boost that they had from old Nigel Pearson. Bruno Fernandez gets a penalty in the 42nd. Tony Martial in the 58th and Mason Greenwood in the 75th. Uh, Takeaway from this game is that Bruno Fernandez is a special player. Going to be very good for this United team. Pains me to say it, but I like the guy a lot. And uh, I'm excited to watch him for years to come on United. And I'm not excited to watch United at all. And I do want to say, as much as I talk up Saka and Martinelli, Mason Greenwood, kid's pretty good too. So United fans, something to be excited about. And you're in fifth place. United are having a horrendous year, much like Arsenal, much like Tottenham, much like every single team that's not Liverpool. But they're in fifth place. It's really not that bad. We probably laugh at United more than we should. And then the last game of the week was Liverpool 3, West Ham 2. A game where you just knew it was coming. We had Liverpool score early in the ninth through Wijnaldum. Diop scores in the 12th. And then something weird happens. Liverpool go down 2-1. Pablo Fernales scores in the 54th. Jimmy texts me, all excited about this. But we both knew that it was coming to an end. Mo Salah scores in the 68th. And then Sadio Mane in the 81st. Liverpool remain unbeaten. And they will probably remain unbeaten for the remainder of the year, unfortunately. To everyone who is not a Liverpool fan, we share your pain here at the Mostly Soccer Podcast. And to all Liverpool fans, congratulations at winning the title at Goodison Park. I envy you. But let me stop talking to myself here. Let me get my friend Matt Kaufman on the phone, and we're going to talk a little bit of Champions League. So I'll be right back. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like, how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where HomeAdvisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. All right, and we are back. So on the line, I have Matt Kaufman with me. Matt, say hello and introduce yourself to the Mostly Soccer listeners. Hello, um, fellow soccer, Mostly Soccer Army uh, <laughs> listeners. Um, I'm a City fan from uh, outside Chicago. Been a City fan since before the investment. Huge, uh, huge Balotelli fan, so that's what got me started. Happy yeah. to be here. Fair, um, yeah. We know Jimmy. Jimmy was there for Balotelli as well. Uh, are you an Italia Italia guy? Not a huge Italia guy. No, more, more just Balotelli. All right, fair enough. I'm a big fan of Balotelli myself. Uh, not sure what he's been up to. I know he was tearing up the Italian league earlier, and now I see that his team are pretty close to the relegation battle, if not in it. So things aren't going great for Mario Balotelli right now. Uh, but anyways, Matt, we have you here to talk a little bit of Champions League in Jimmy's absence. I needed to fill the void of a City fan in my life tonight. So, uh, before we get into Manchester City, which I know you're interested in talking about, I just want to go over some of these games quickly here that we missed last week and the games earlier this week. So, first off, I'll start with Atalanta 
versus Valencia. We had a 4-1 spanking. Uh, Atalanta, who almost didn't make it out of their group, slot four past lowly Valencia. And not much to say here. Matt, did you get a chance to watch this game by chance? Because I did not. Uh, I caught the highlights. I mean, I watched Atlanta play City in the group, and I mean, this is what they are. They're really good for, they're really good against the small sides, and then you bring them up against City, and they move the ball well, but not really going to trouble them. Yeah, I know they've been kind of like a Cinderella story in the Champions League. You know, they, they almost didn't make it out of the group, and then in Serie A, they're doing pretty well this year. So I think after this round is probably, well, definitely where it's going to end for Atalanta because I don't see them beating any of these other guys here. But uh, Yeah, they're no Ajax. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, well, maybe they are a little bit of Ajax because they'll be in the Europa League next year, almost, uh, almost <laughs> certainly. But... Uh, let's move over to one that interests me a little bit more. This one's Tottenham versus RB Leipzig. We had a 1-0 victory for Leipzig away from home. Timo Werner in the 58th through a penalty. Pretty clear-cut penalty here. But Tottenham get dominated at home. Uh, this one, the stats I don't think tell the full story. Uh, Leipzig were a lot, uh, a lot more dominant earlier in the game, and Spurs kind of fought back a little bit later but Timo Werner gets the penalty and uh, I'm concerned that Tottenham aren't making it out of this group stage uh, well not the group stage round of 16 what do you think Matt yeah no it doesn't seem like uh, Mourinho has been the fix and without a striker I don't see how they're going to get the uh, with the two away goals at least yeah. <laughs> the thing with Tottenham now is that they literally have no one who can score a goal uh, I mean, we saw Bergwin score on his debut, and then, I mean, Lucas Mora. Lucas Mora is a, a good striker. He's not truly a striker, though. I don't see anything like last year happening in this next leg. I don't know if you feel differently there. No, but I am very excited to watch uh, Leipzig in the next round, hopefully, against an even bigger team than Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham are a very small club. I mean, it's, it's almost shameful that they're in the Champions League, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, especially when a, when a club like <laughs> Arsenal sitting at home. How dare you, first of all. Uh, we're in the, the greatest league of all time, the Europa League, which will be on on Thursday, the ideal day to play soccer. Uh, but then we move to Chelsea nil, Bayern 3. Bayern come in to London, and they smash teams. It's what they do. Uh, Serge Gnabry... Arsenal is still red. 51st minute, 54th minute, two goals for him. Lewandowski kills them with the third away goal in the 76th. And Marcus Alonso, he gets a red card. Any thoughts here, Matt, other than that Bayern are just a machine at killing English teams? I think you mean London teams specifically, but yeah. <laughs> um, I think like uh, Chelsea, maybe if this matchup... I think you might have mentioned, or I think you mentioned it, but if this matchup had taken place maybe in November, October, I think it's a good matchup. But right now, Chelsea's just all over the place, injured. Maybe if Pulisic was in, but yeah, right now it's Bayern. Yeah. Bayern maybe maybe pulling up an Arsenal score again. Yeah, I um, I, like you said, Chelsea are kind of struggling right now. I know they just beat Tottenham over the last weekend, but. Uh, I mean, it's a team that's so up and down, especially at Stamford Bridge. It's like 
you need to win the games at home or at least come close to winning the games at home. And they've, they've been so bad at home this year. I know Bayern is, is a team that's probably supposed to beat them at this point uh, with their current situation. But overall, I mean, 3-0 for Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. You have to be pretty disappointed if you're a Chelsea fan. But, yeah, big letdown, definitely. Yeah. And then the next game we had was one from this week. Uh, it was Napoli versus Barcelona. This was a 1-1 draw. The San Siro proves a tough place to go play away. And Mertens scores a wonderful goal in the 30th off a Barcelona mistake. And then Griezmann gets one back in the 57th, only to be topped off by an Arturo Vidal red card in the 89th. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed that Barcelona didn't do better in this one. Napoli have kind of been struggling this year i know they had the the whole drama with ancelotti the players didn't want to play anymore uh all those rumblings from inside but in the champions league they continue to get it done any thoughts here matt yeah i like barcelona is still in a very good spot but it's just such an un-barcelona game that they played that you have to be wondering about the next round i still think they get through just going back home on the next uh next leg but I just don't know if they can improve upon just an eighth uh, eighth round finish. Yeah, I, I just like most of these teams that are playing. I think a, actually there's the only team that I really feel confident in right now is Bayern, which is crazy because earlier this year Bayern really weren't uh, doing too well. But every other every other one of these teams is just like so up and down. And Barcelona is no exception to that. They've been pretty bad for Barcelona standards this year, so I'm concerned for them next round too, but I, I think they get through uh, ultimately against Napoli. But before we get to City, we do have to talk about uh, the game that absolutely broke my heart, broke my wallet. It was Lyon 1, Juventus 0. First of all, I just want to say, fuck you, Juventus. I despise this team. Uh, Aaron Ramsey is the only saving grace. Their jerseys are another saving grace. Mauricio Sarri doesn't deserve to coach a youth team on the weekends in Johnson, Rhode Island. He shouldn't even be coaching for the Johnson Recreation Department. And he coaches Juventus, the biggest club in Italy. Um, and they lose. They go away to Lyon. Seventh place Lyon in the French League. Some call it the Farmers League. I won't do that. Jimmy would. But I won't call it the Farmers League. They lose away at Lyon. Matt, do you have thoughts here? Um, yeah, I mean, France is a farmer's league, but you could also say that Juventus is finally having a, a title race in Italy, so maybe there's not as much of a focus on the Champions League currently, because there's really not an excuse for, like, they played very poorly today. They were and, horrendous. Like, the but yeah, the midfield was, like, it was horrible. It, it was, it was unplayable at times. Yeah. I mean, a few takeaways from this game for me was that Mauricio Sarri is a very bad coach. I already knew this, but Mauricio Sarri literally has no game plan. He walks into these these great situations. Uh, I mean, Chelsea, I, I won't call it a great situation. Maybe I'll take that back. Um, but Juventus, I mean, this is ideal to go on a Champions League run, to win Serie A easily. And he, I think he's going to blow Serie A, and I think Juventus... They'll probably get out of this round, but they're in big trouble. And the second takeaway from this game is that Adrian Rabiot, how is he a professional? Because he is a horrendous player. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand how you have Matuidi and Ramsey sitting on the bench and play Rabio to try and take control of the midfield. Yeah, I mean it's just I I think this one boils down to poor coaching. I, I saw it some of the Juventus players though. Uh, a few of the balls, it's like they turn their back on challenges. It's like they, they played very weak today. I don't watch Juventus a lot, so I, I won't comment on the, like the, the attitude of the team. But just from what I saw today, it was, it was despicable. It, was like, it looked like they didn't want to play today. But I'm, I'm more upset yeah. that they lost me a ton of money. I understand that. <laughs> but... Let's get to the one that you're interested in, Matt. Let's talk about Real Madrid 1, Manchester City 2. Oh, I wish Juventus could have done this, because that would have been nice for me. Uh, We had an Isco goal in the 60th after a pretty quiet first half. I got to watch the first half, didn't see the second half where all the action was, of course. And then in the 78th, we had a Gabby Jesus goal. And the 83rd, the penalty to KDB. And in the 86th, the, the controversial red card. So, Matt. Do you want to walk us through this game? What happened in the goal uh, for Isco? I didn't get to see that. So for Isco, um, Rodri gave it away in the midfield. Kind of kind of a usual once once a game city occurs. Gave it away in the midfield. Breakaway, two-on-two breakaway. Uh, not really anything they could do. He tapped it in. It, wasn't, it was just a classic city goal this year. Yeah. Yeah, that defense is uh, struggling. And actually, I, I might have glossed over the biggest news here uh, is the the injury to Laporte. Have you heard any word on how bad that might be? Have they said anything? So some people are saying that it's not the knee. They're saying that it's a hamstring injury, and that's why he was out of the West Ham game like two weeks ago. So it's, I'm hoping that it's just the hamstring and not the, the knee again. But... They haven't really reported anything. Yeah, that that's a scary one. But uh, after that, we had the Gabby Jesus goal in the 78. you want to tell us what happened there? Kevin De Bruyne happened. <laughs> was, there's not really anything else to say. It was, I think it was eight, eight or nine def- uh, Real Madrid defenders and Kevin De Bruyne, and he managed to play the, the ball to Jesus for the goal. And then in the 83rd, we had a penalty to City. I didn't see this one either. The only thing I saw from this second half was the red card, which I do want to talk about after this. So what happened on the penalty? Was yeah. it an actual pen? Yeah, this was the, uh, the most obvious pen. It was <laughs> Sterling in the box going at, going at Carvajal and Carvajal went to ground and, and Sterling tapped it past him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Real Madrid the first half, they looked okay, but they're their defense is a little bit, I don't know. It doesn't make me feel all that great watching them play defense. And, uh, I mean, same thing goes for City. But in the 86, we had the controversial moment of Sergio Ramos pulling down, uh, well, pulling down in air quotes, Riyad Mahrez after Mahrez sauced past, uh, I think it was Ramos and another defender. So, Matt, did you think that this was worthy of a red card? So, uh, Jimmy might be a little pissed about this one. <laughs> it, it was it was not a uh, a red card. I don't think it. I don't think it was a foul even. I think <laughs> it just went down a little a little softly, uh, a little too softly for my liking. I kind of would have preferred a third away goal because he was one on one with Courtois. Maybe 
maybe stay up a little bit longer to get the shot away. Yeah. But yeah, goes city's way finally. I um, I watched the replay a few times, and I know Jimmy disagrees with this because he was texting me about it, and he even tweeted that it was a penalty or not a penalty, a red card. I hate Sergio Ramos. This one, it was extremely soft. I mean, he lightly grazes the arm, and it was Mares, right? Mares hits the deck. It was, it was, it was Jesus. Was yeah. it Jesus? Okay. Um, yeah, it was. And he hits the deck like he was just snipes from the rooftops. I mean, that was just how VAR doesn't take a look at that and overturn it or even overturn the red card. I mean, I get that it's a denial of a clear goal-scoring opportunity, but this is extremely soft. But, you know, couldn't happen to a nicer guy, right? Sergio Ramos gets the red, so he'll miss the next one. And uh, we'll probably miss the rest of the Champions League for this season now that City have two away goals. But We can only hope. Yeah. So who do you think is going to come out of this Champions League? Um, so right now, obviously, City, I think I have as the front runner, just going to the Bernabeu and getting those two goals and winning. I think it was the first time in like 11 years since an English side had gone there and won. Yeah. And then I think the other one is Bayern, just because they seem to be just getting stronger and stronger. And I really like how, shout out to the Canadian, Alfonso Davies has been playing at uh, left back. He's looked really strong and really like world class. Yeah. Not what you would expect out of the MLS, but it's great to see. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I think you might have forgot someone here. Because uh, I forgot to include them in this recap of the Champions League. I would be remiss to not mention that Atletico Madrid beat the reigning champions, Liverpool, 1-0. Something that I just want to say, if you listen to the podcast, you will know that there is no team in the world that I fear more than Atletico Madrid. Um, I think those guys, that's, that's a bunch of bad dudes led by Diego Simeone, who is a bad man. In the words of Stephen A. Smith, Diego Simeone is a bad man. And I think that he can beat any team over two legs. Atletico Madrid score early in this one. Uh, kind of a scrappy corner goal. Not great. And then they do what they do best, baby. They park that bus and they try and counterattack. And probably should have had another goal in this one or two. But Atletico Madrid will take a 1-0 lead back to Anfield. And where I'm going with this, aside from the recap, is that Liverpool are still winning the Champions League, Matt. You know that, right? As a City fan, I have to disagree. <laughs> you have to disagree uh, morally, but logically, you know that Liverpool are still winning the Champions League. I don't know. I watched the game, and I just, I just have a feeling that Atletico might be the one team. We've seen over the past few weeks that Liverpool struggled to score until late. Yeah. And I just have a feeling that Simeone, if someone's able to figure out how to crack Liverpool, it might be Simeone. I, I won't disagree with that. I love the idea of Atletico Madrid knocking them out. I love the idea of Atletico Madrid winning the whole thing. Uh, especially, it would just be great because of, they've kind of had an up-and-down season, not scoring any goals in La Liga this year. Uh, but like you said, Diego Simeone, he might be able to crack the code. He is a mastermind. And uh, I think this is going to be the second most interesting watch 
behind the other game that we almost forgot to recap, which is Dortmund 2, PSG 1. So PSG go into Dortmund, and they lose uh, as the favorites, funny enough. Uh, the favorite loses again in the Champions League. But this game, there's only one thing you need to know about this game. There's only one thing you need to know about Dortmund, and it's uh, Holland. Holland, the phenom, scores two goals back-to-back and uh, in the 69th and the 77th, one of which was uh, a tap-in and one of which was an absolute screamer. But Neymar also scores in between those two. PSG get one away goal. This was the game we hoped it would be in the second half. We got three goals, uh, not great defense, and we got to see the Holland show. So, Matt, what are your thoughts on Holland and about this tie here? Who's going to go through? I mean, Holland might be the best striker in the world right now. Which is I mean, crazy. Every time he shoots, he scores. Yeah, it's incredible. And that, and that goal that he scored in the 77th minute, I've watched that video probably 50 times. The sound that it makes when it hits is <laughs> unbelievable. Yep. But who's, who's going through here is the question. It has to be Dortmund. Really? I, I just don't see I don't see Holland not scoring at least one away goal in the next leg. Mm. I don't I don't um I don't want to disagree with you. But it's like imagine PSG go out in the round of sixteen. Imagine PSG flop in the Champions League again. Like with that team, they should seriously just they should be banned to the Europa League if they lose this one. I know Dortmund are a good team. They're they're kind of hitting their stride. They have literally the best striker in the world, which is insane. But, like, they're really going to lose to Dortmund again. I think I might roll with you. I'm going to pick Dortmund to go through here, which is... Ugh, I don't feel good about it. Are you con- are you concerned that Dortmund are, are a team to watch in this Champions League? Like, if they get through PSG, are they capable of beating anyone? I think so. I think they're they're a fun young team. You got Sancho, Holland, and then of course the American phenom of Gio Reyna. Yeah, got, up the, got an assist. Uh, yeah, that assist was awesome. I just I think that they're like they're gonna go for it against every team. So I think that the, even if they get knocked out, it's gonna be a real exciting game. Yeah, they could they could have an Ajax type of tournament this year. I think is what is what I'm sensing. Yeah, but. Um, all right, so you picked City to win the Champions League. Is that is that your uh, is that your final choice? And your your opponent for them would be Bayern. I think it has to. Be. I think uh, either Chelsea, either Bayern or uh, Atleti. After Atleti, wow, Atletico Madrid versus Manchester City. That would be incredible. Uh, all right, so. I mean, a lot of a lot of exciting stuff going on in the Champions League. Uh, more exciting stuff going on in the Europa League, obviously. I just want to give a, a quick shout-out to Arsenal, who will be playing in the Europa League tomorrow, have a 1-0 lead over Olympiacos in that tie, and they will win by three goals tomorrow. Any ideas there, Matt, or are you just going to take my word for it? Uh, great job that you guys got the away goal going <laughs> Huge goal in the Europa League. Need them all. But let's move on to the final portion of the show. Uh, Actually, not the final portion of the show because we did have some Twitter questions. But 
Uh, we'll go to the predictions first before the Twitter questions. We'll keep the Twitter folks waiting. And we start on Friday the 28th at 3 p.m. with Norwich versus Leicester City. What's your score, Matt? Um, I'm going 2-1 Norwich. Whoa! Whoa! 2-1 to relegation side Norwich. Okay. Uh, and <sighs> what's your reasoning here? I mean, I've watched City, and did Arsenal lose away at Norwich too? They drew. They drew. Yeah, so we've seen we've seen teams go there. It'd be very difficult. Leicester just came off that crushing one 0 defeat to City, so I think I'm going to go with Norwich. Yeah, and Leicester are having trouble scoring lately. Jamie Vardy hasn't really been where he was earlier in the year. I'm going to go. 2-0 to, to Leicester, unfortunately. But potential Todd Cantwell goal. Potential. Uh, and then on Saturday the 29th, we start at 7.30 a.m. We have Brighton at home. Yes, at home versus Crystal Palace. What's your score? Uh, I'm going 3-1 Crystal Palace. Obviously the long goal scored by Glenn Murray. All right, now I know that you're a true listener of the podcast. Uh I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to pick the same score, hat trick to Glenn Murray, and one goal for poor little Wilfred Zaha. Brighton to the moon. Uh, Bournemouth at home versus Chelsea. Who do you got? Uh, I got Chelsea. Uh, just, I think, I'm thinking 2-1. Hopefully they put Kappa back in goal. Playing <laughs> City rejects in goal. But I think that Chelsea are just too good to, to lose another game. Yeah, this is um, Bournemouth need to win. Chelsea need to win to sustain that top four. I'm going to pick a 1-1 draw. I think this is one of those annoying games that you go away to Bournemouth and you draw. Sorry, Chelsea fans. Uh, and then we have Newcastle at home versus Burnley. Oh, God. This just, this uh, this is disgusting. Who do you have? I I honestly didn't even know this game was still going to take place. <laughs> I, uh... I, I guess I'll go a, a draw, a nice 1-1 one, one draw, maybe a, maybe a 93rd minute only set-piece goal. <laughs> the only way this game is having goals is if they're set-piece goals uh, or own goals. I'm going to go nil-nil. Joel Linton continues to do absolutely nothing and be a black hole for money. Uh, West Ham versus Southampton. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going Southampton 3-0. Whoa. West Ham's just so, so sad right oh now. Oh, my God. West Ham, they almost got a point off Liverpool at Anfield, and now they're going to go lose 3-0 at home to Southampton. I love it. Um, this is this is a 2-1 to West Ham. I would love to see Southampton win, but I think West Ham, they are desperate. They need to win, and they have too many good players to be relegated, so... For their sake, I'm hoping that they get a win. Uh, and then we have Watford at home versus Liverpool. How many touchdowns does Liverpool win by? I think this is the classic uh, classic Liverpool game where it's tied going into the 70th minute and then it ends up being 4 now. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fair prediction. Um, yeah, I'll say it's probably nil-nil until halftime and then Liverpool by 2 or 3. I'll go 2-nil. Uh, and then unfortunately, we had a mostly soccer derby this week. And it's being postponed due to FA Cup fixtures. So Man City and Arsenal are postponed. And that leaves us with two more matches. 
one of which being Everton at home versus Manchester United on Sunday, uh, March 1st at 9 a.m. That's going to be a good one. So, Matt, who do you have there? Yeah, this is going to be real exciting. After uh, Everton-Arsenal over the weekend, I think I think at Goodison Park, I think you got to take Ars- or uh, I think you got to take Everton. Excuse me, two uh, one. I'm thinking. I love but there that. There will be goals. Yeah, I, I think there are going to be goals in this one, and I think Everton do come out on top here. I'm hoping they do because our friends from the American Toffee Podcast are going to be over there for their first game. Uh, I'm going to say a three-two victory to Everton. Everton impressed me last week. Their defending is a little bit shaky, but uh, they have some good good options in attack going forward. I like the way they played, uh, and I think United are. They're, they're a viable option to lose literally any game that they play, just like Arsenal. But uh, an exciting game, hopefully. And then the last game of the weekend is on Sunday at 9 a.m. as well, and this is another great game. This is Tottenham at home versus Wolves. So what's your score here? Um, I'm going three-one Wolves. Ooh. I think uh, I, I think they're gonna rest a lot of players midweek in the Europa League since they're up four four nothing on the the second leg, and I think they're gonna go for it against Tottenham. Ooh. They're only a few points off fifth, so I think I think a Triore special is in order. Yeah, I don't mind that prediction. I'm gonna go a little bit less than you. I'm gonna go two-one to Wolves. Spurs have been another team that have just kind of been dismal at home considering what they were in the past. And I think, um, I, I guess this can be our, our final discussion here. Are Wolves the most talented team outside of that top three, just on paper? Like I look at Chelsea, I look at Arsenal, I look at United, and obviously we all have those big names, uh, Spurs too. But I think Wolves might be the 11 players that they field might be more talented overall than the 11 players that Arsenal, United, Everton, Spurs, and um, Chelsea field. How do you feel about that one? Well, I, I love Chelsea's youth, so I think that they might be a little bit higher, but I think Wolverhampton's right up there with them. I think that Traore, Neves, all those, all those attackers that they have, the Portuguese connection, I think... They're all extremely talented. Yeah, they're they're just a scary, scary team, and um, they love to play the big teams. Uh, so I think they're gonna they're gonna pull one out against Spurs. And I'm gonna put you on the yeah, spot. Here. Love... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, I was just gonna say they love playing away. We've seen them win at City, and I think they gave Liverpool a fight to the end. So yeah. I think that they're uh, I think they like to go after the big teams away. Yeah. And I know you mentioned you love Chelsea's youth. I'm a big fan of Tammy Abraham. I like Mason Mount a lot. I think he um, he's like a young Aaron Ramsey. But the the final thing I'm going to ask you here is if you could pick one youth player from any team to join Manchester City, there's one correct answer. Who would it be? It has to be Holland. No, no, no. I'm, Premier League. Sorry. Holland is the Premier right League. answer. Yeah, But yeah, if, if we're talking Premier League. Kind of put me on the spot. I did, I did. And if you can't answer it, that's okay. Is, but is, I'll tell you the answer. Is Triori still considered young? No, no, no. I'm talking young. Like Mason Mount. Ah, uh, Tammy Abraham. Is Tammy Abraham that young? I'm not sure. 
think he's deceptively old. <laughs> that might be right. I feel like he might be like 23, 22. But, uh, man, if you can't give me an answer, do you know what I'm going to say? I feel like I'm going to... I feel like I'm going to get this wrong, but I was going to say uh, Seth and Young no. from uh, Tottenham. All right, this is where I just I hang up on you, Matt. This is, <laughs> we never speak again. No, the correct answer, there's only one answer. Uh, the second place answer was Gabrielle Martinelli. Uh, you could have said Mason Greenwood, and I wouldn't have scolded you. But the correct answer... I can't, I can't say Mason Greenwood, though. <laughs> the correct just answer, can't. I hear you. But Bakayo Saka. Have you seen this kid play for Arsenal? Yeah, his, his assist on, uh, what was it, Sunday was incredible. My Perfect God. ball to Aubameyang. He is, um, it was, it was uh, Eddie Nketiah, the other 18, 19-year-old who plays for Arsenal. I mean, I want to talk about exciting youth. You don't talk about Chelsea, you talk about Arsenal. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's the right answer. I mean, there is a lot of exciting youth on Chelsea, though, too. Even Reese James, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi. I mean, a ton of exciting players coming up in the Premier League. But, uh, Matt, sorry to put you on the spot there with that last question. I just wanted to get in my love for Saka. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on such short notice. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to speak again soon. Maybe if City are advancing in the Champions League, I'll have uh, you and Jimmy get a conversation together. Yeah, I'll come on for the uh, the Champions League celebration. <laughs> yeah, the celebration. Oh my God. Yeah, uh, it'd be weird for a City fan to celebrate a Liverpool victory, but you know we do things a little bit differently on this podcast. So, uh, thank you again, Matt. Uh, I will let you go, and uh, thanks for listening to the pod. Spread the good word. Of course. Thanks right. for having me. Bye. All right. Thank you to Matt for joining us on such short notice. Uh, Matt was a, a good City fan Unlike Jimmy He was uh, intelligent, well spoken And he thought that the Sergio Ramos red card Was not a red card, not even a foul Where Jimmy Jimmy is just so biased It hurts sometimes But uh, I'm the same way with Arsenal So if you want to hear more from Matt You want to follow him for some soccer content He is at Matt underscore Kaufman At K-A-U-F-M-A-N 38 So you can follow him on Twitter there and uh, get his Manchester City tweets. So again, thank you to Matt. But before we wrap up the show, or before I wrap up the show, there is no we. We did get some Twitter questions. So let me find them. We had one from our friend Justin Desaris, and he asked us, drumroll please, drumroll please, drumroll please. I can't find it. Oh, here it is. He said, realistically, who do you think will occupy the last three Champions League spots come the end of May? Hmm. If he means the last three, as in three, four, five, then I think that will be Leicester. I mean, I think Leicester are a shoo-in for Champions League at this point. Um, So they're always going to be that third spot. And I think fourth will probably continue to be Chelsea. I think they're good enough to sustain where they are and I just think that there's no other team really good enough to kind of knock them off their perch even though it's a a three-point gap between them and United and then for fifth I mean Arsenal are actually contenders I know that's what Justin wants to hear I know that's what I want to hear because we're both Arsenal fans but I I think 
if you hit your stride now, there's still about 10 games left. I think there's there's still a lot of room to take points. And Arsenal don't have the easiest schedule, but compared to some of the other clubs in contention for that fifth, fourth place spot, I think Arsenal have one of the lighter schedules. So I'm going to go with Arsenal. Uh, and if, if you're referring to just two, three, and four being Champions League spots, then I think it probably stays the same with City, Leicester, and then Chelsea. And then I think that was actually the only one. Oh, Gavin asked us about the dive on uh, Sergio Ramos, the red card, which we discussed. And I'm with you, Gavin. I don't think that was a red card or even a just a foul at all. I think that was a, a clear dive. Gavin said he'd gone down like he's been shot, which I agree with. So, um, yeah, I'm going to wrap up the pod here. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully this wasn't too painful to listen to me ramble by myself for a little while. Hopefully you made it to hear Matt talk. And um, we will be back, ooh, maybe not next week, because I will be cruising, baby. I will be in Orlando, in the Bahamas. I'll be all over the place, so maybe Jimmy will find someone else to pod with. Uh, Maybe he'll be resourceful. But if not, we will be back the week after that. Hopefully you will hear something from us before then. But uh, you can always follow us on Twitter, at Soccer Mostly. Instagram is the same thing, at Soccer Mostly. Email us at MostlySoccerShow at gmail.com. And please, for the love of God, if you do anything, give us a five-star review. We'll send you some stickers. Send us a DM. We'll send the stickers straight to your home, free of charge, our treat. Uh, And seriously, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Alone in my room talking to myself. Thank you all. And we'll see you next week.